What's up, everyone, and welcome to the Unbiased Football Talk. I am your host, James Aguirre. Like my man Mike did on Tuesday, going to be flying solo. Uh, shout out to him, him for holding it down, bringing you a game recap from Week 9, as well as his thoughts on the Saturday hire for Indianapolis. As I'm sure you've heard already, Frank Reich is out. Jeff Saturday is in. Um, I got some thoughts on that, too. Uh, you know what? Let's just go ahead and get right into it. So... As you already know, Frank Reich's been fired by the Indianapolis Colts after a 3-5-1 start. In comes former center Super Bowl champion, played with Peyton Manning, Indianapolis Colt Jeff Saturday as the interim head coach. And uh, this hire turned a lot of heads, you know. He had to bring in uh, some, uh, he looks like a freaking nerd out of Yale, (laughs) to call plays because no one on that staff, after they got rid of Reich, had called plays before. Um, yeah, it's, uh, I don't think we've ever seen anything like this. Like a former player with no coaching experience, all of a sudden brought in to be the head coach in week 10 of a losing football team. Like, I mean, that, that's gotta be impressive. I can't remember a time when that's happened before. And, um, you know, I, I'm not one who sees everything in a, in the light of race, you know, black and white. But um, if you do see it in that light, you know, I I can see how you would say this could be called, you know, racist. I don't think it is. But, you know, like there, how many of those coaches on that staff have been busting their ass all year, you know, preparing Monday through Saturday? They haven't had a lot of wins, so they probably don't get, you know, Mondays off. So Monday through Saturday, grinding the tape, getting game plans ready you know, in the building with those guys, living and dying with them. And uh, you're going to go and bring an outsider in to be the head coach. Everyone's got to an answer to him. He's going to be what, the one calling the shots. I I got to be honest, I don't see it. <laughs> I don't see it. And I think it's pretty clear what Jim Irsay wants to do. He wants to tank. You know, he wants to tank. Remember, he's the one who tanked for Andrew Luck. He was, uh, I mean, he of course, he was still the owner, so... You know, but yeah, I think, you know, you could say that was his call. They traded Payne Manning. Or actually, no, no, I think Manning had the neck issue or whatever. But yeah, it was a terrible Colts team that year. They got what they wanted, Andrew Luck. And uh, unfortunately for them, Luck retired, put them kind of in this predicament that they're in right now. But, you know, they trade Naheem Hines, which, oh, Naheem Hines, you know, that's not a big deal. But they get uh, Zach Moss, a guy on a rookie contract. I mean, I don't know the Naheem Hines contract, but they probably got some money off the books with that one. And what do you do? Why Why would you want to get money off the books? Well, because you're going to be a losing team. You want to save up some cap space to, you know, improve your team in the offseason. So, you know, they, they do that deal. They get rid of uh, Frank Reich, who before they had to uh, bench Matt Ryan to, uh, you know, see what they had in Sam Ellinger. Now, granted, Matt Ryan wasn't lighting the world on fire, but... He definitely gives this team a better chance to win as Sam Ellinger. Let's just, you know, be clear about that. I understand wanting to see what you have in the young kid. You know, let him play a game or two. But when you bench Ryan like that, I think you're essentially just calling calling it a season. You know, you're, you're mailing it in. And whether that was Reich's call, whether that came from Ursay, you know, down to Reich, whatever the case may be, they're stuck with him. Because I think I heard, like, they can't start Ryan again because they're going to owe him too much money or something like that. So... Yeah, this is going to be Sam, the Sam Ellinger, Jeff Saturday show until week 18. You know, I, I, I listened to Jeff Saturday's press conference today. Well, I listened to a 40-second clip where he says, like, 
you know, I, you don't think I know, like, you know, what it takes to be a coach. I haven't been in there. You know, I haven't, I was a former player. You don't think I've seen how guys have coached. I can do it. I know what it takes to lead men. Duh, 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 duh. You know what? If you got to tell me all the reasons that you are qualified to do a job, you're probably not qualified to do the job. You know, that being said, hey, let's give him a fair shot. Let's see what he's got. Um, I think it's going to be a shit show straight up. I think that I, I, they're not going to be favored in another game for sure. Maybe week 18 against Houston. Maybe it's a pick against the Steelers in a couple weeks, but every other game they're going to be an underdog in and you know, they could go winless the rest of the year. They're going to be what? How many? Three, five, six. How many games do we play? So 12, three, three. I, I, I can't do math that quick right now, but yeah, they're going to be terrible. They're going to be vying for the number one pick. And that's exactly what Ursay, you know, wants to do with this move. You know, they, they bench Matt Ryan, they fire their coach. He brings in an outsider. Um, yeah, it's, uh, it's not going to be good in Indianapolis. Probably better for the long term, but I mean, does anyone really want to work for Jim Irsay, an erratic owner who compulsive on a whim just decides, hey, you know what? Let's give up on the season. Like, realistically, they're 3 5 and 1. I mean, if their old line plays better, you know, they've been competitive in some games with Matt Ryan, you know? So, like, season wasn't a total loss. Now, mathematically their odds of making it were you know not that great but you can't tell that to the guys you know the the football team they believe in themselves you know the guys like DeForest Buckner Michael Pittman you know, Quinn Nelson whenever he got back you don't think they believe in themselves they think they don't think you don't think they don't think they can win some games and make the playoffs in this conference they were one game away last year you know so it's uh it's gonna be a tough situation in Indy and um I honestly think it starts this week. You know, now the Raiders, if you could pick any team to play your first game as a head coach, it might be this iteration of the Las Vegas Raiders. But um, I, it could snowball really quick here. You know, the, the one reason that the Colts were able to be in the game against the Patriots this past week is because while the Colts' offense is terrible, they can't move the ball, they can't score, and neither can the Patriots. You know, Mac Jones has been absolutely dreadful this year, but um, they didn't need him to do anything. They just re relied on their defense to win the game for them. The Raiders don't have that defense like that. They can't make stops. You know, the offense can score. <coughs> Excuse me. The offense can score just fine, but it's the defense who cannot hold the who cannot hold the league. You know, below average in terms of yards per play at 5.8, 5.6, slightly above average mark on the year. Um, you know, they've blown three 17-point leads, so this team does know how to come out and score and get ahead of you. And, hell, you give them a seven-point lead against this Colts squad, and it's going to be tough to come back from that because they just don't have the weapons to do it. So, you know, I, I said earlier that I'm concerned about an outsider coming in calling the shots, expecting the rest of the team and locker room to follow suit. I'm sure some will. They're professionals. <clears throat> you know, they, they'll give, uh, some will give Saturday their support. You know, they're, they're just there to pr practically audition for their next job. You know, let's just be real here. But, um, 
yeah, I, I think it could get really ugly really fast. And I, could, I think it could start this week <clears throat> against the Raiders. Uh, six and a half, I think the spread is right now. If Prop 27 had passed in California, I could bet I would have jumped on that because I think the Raiders could absolutely roll them here. Maybe even look for an alternate spread like Ra Raiders minus nine and a half at, you know, plus odds or whatever. But, um, yeah, I'm not a fan of the Saturday hire. At the very least, they should have just put one of the retread former head coaches on their staff to take over for the rest of the season and then just regroup from there. You know, but, I mean, hey, maybe he catches lightning the ball with Saturday. So, you know what, from that aspect, I kind of understand where Ursa is coming from, but I think he also just really wants to tank and the roster is set up to tank. So, you know what, why not, why not bring a guy in and see if you got something from him, even though he has absolutely no coaching experience. So we'll see how it goes. I think it's going to be terrible, but only time will tell. Um, next topic we're going to get to, Josh Allen hurt his uh, elbow or something against the Jets this past weekend in a surprising loss. Um, I'm glad they lost. It helps me in my survivor pool. <laughs> so, you know, that, that was good for me. But, um, yeah, uh, the last report I read, he's going to try to play through it. I think the coach, much like... Brandon Staley should have done earlier in the year with um, Justin Herbert. Coach has got to come in. Someone's got to come in and sit this kid down. You know, that his long-term health is way more important than a game against the Vikings in Week 10 of the 2022 NFL season. Like, even not not just thinking long-term past this, past this season, you know, for his health. Let's just think about this season in particular. This is a Super Bowl squad. They are vying for a Super Bowl. Anything less than a Super Bowl is going to be a disappointment. You know? So, their next three games, it's uh, Minnesota, Cleveland, and Detroit. Uh, Cleveland, Detroit, and some order. I forget what order it is. But <clears throat> you got to have a capable backup in Case Keenum. You can definitely win one of those games. Maybe even two, you know? Case Keenum revenge game against Minnesota this week. Who knows? But... And then the, the week after that, you get in some more of the Jets, Dolphins, and Patriots. <laughs> so even if you only win one of these next three games while Allen sits and you go into that stretch seven and four, win those three games, you're ten and four, you have a command in the in the division. You don't get the bye, but so what? You, if you're a Super Bowl team, if you're a Super Bowl caliber, you should be able to win an extra game to make it to the big dance. So <clears throat> if uh, Allen plays at anything less than like 90 85 percent i think it's a mistake i think they should sit him until they are you know he's fully ready fully healthy i mean not everyone's fully healthy at this time of year but like you know 95 percent anything other than small nicks and bruises and sores <clears throat> um is unacceptable they, they should sit him until this heals fully or heals as much as they can and uh, save him for that stretch run against the afc east where they go three and oh doesn't matter if they go 0-3 in these next three games. They go 3-0 and in those three games. They're going to have a good chance of winning this uh, division. So he's going to try to play through it. Uh, props to him being tough, trying to gut it out. I think it's a mistake, and I think that the coach needs to step in and bench him pretty much. <sighs> Excuse me. All right. So we're going to do another um, exercise I like to do. Uh, see <clears throat> which teams are sort of, you know, underperforming, overperforming compared to expectations. Kind of give you like a power ranking sort of deal. 
So obviously my tier one is gonna be Buffalo, Philly, and Kansas City. <coughs> uh, you got the best three quarterbacks in the league right now. I mean, Hurts is playing like one of the best quarterbacks in the league. You want to take Herbert over him or you know whoever else, whatever, that's fine. But fact of the matter is, he's playing like a top three quarterback in the league right now. Big reason why the Eagles are 8-0. So that's my tier one. Uh, my tier two is going to be some order of San Francisco, Dallas, and Baltimore. I mean, maybe Seattle creeps in there. A lot of people put Cincy here. Uh, straight up, I'm not a big Cincy believer. <clears throat> I'm not a big Cincy, uh, you know, fan and proponent. I just, I think, I think Joe Burrow's overrated. You know, I think he's fancy Jimmy Garoppolo. You know, like that's just that's what I think. He he looks really great when he has Jamar Chase, T. Higgins, Tyler Boyd, Joe Mixon to throw to. You take Chase away, and I mean, he's not. He hasn't looked spectacular really. So. I mean, I know they made the Super Bowl last year. They they got a break because they got to face Kansas City after they had a absolute bloodbath against Buffalo. Um, they got to face a pretty bad one seed as far as one seeds go in Tennessee, and then they faced a team that probably shouldn't have been there in the Raiders. So <clears throat> got some luck in that playoff run. You know, they did make improvements over the off season. I I like the defense more than most. I think, but. Overall, like I just don't see this team as you know in the elite tier, at least in that second tier of teams beneath the Eagles, Bills, and Chiefs. So that's just my opinion. But um, a team that I wanted to highlight as that is underperforming so far, I did this on an earlier pod. I mentioned the Denver Broncos. Um, they're still popping somewhat. I'm not gonna I'm not gonna advocate for them though. You know that. I think Russell just has wildly regressed this year, and it's gonna. I think it's gonna take him an off season to, if he does get right, it's it's gonna be next year. I don't see it happening this year. But team I want to highlight is the New Orleans Saints. Um, they have a plus 0.6 yards per play differential, which means they're about three points better than the average team on a neutral field. Now minus 15 point differential, obviously because they have a losing record, so they're gonna be outscored. But, like, this team is not that bad. You know, 5.9 yards per play, that's above average as far as offenses go. 5.3 yards per play allowed, that's above, that's slightly above average too in terms of, uh, in terms of the defense. So, you know, I, I can't even say that Andy Dolan is um, turning the ball over a lot. He's like bottom five in a interception percentage, <clears throat> bottom five being good. He's not throwing a lot of picks. He's like 7th in touchdown percentage, 12th in yards per attempt, uh, 50% success rate, coins to number fire, which is 8th in the league, tied with like, tied with uh, Joe Burrow, ironically. So, I think Andy Dalton's playing fine, you know, for what we can expect from Andy Dalton. We know they have the offensive weapons just between... Uh, Alvin Kamara and Chris Olave, whenever Jarvis Landry comes back, that gives him another threat. I'm not banking on Michael Thomas. That dude probably just checked out football together. They have a talented defense. I mean, shoot. <laughs> they're 151 to win the Super Bowl. I don't think they're winning the Super Bowl, you know. But what does intrigue me, 5-1 to one to win the division. They're one game behind, and the division is dreadful, you know. 
Tampa Bay, forget about it. The only reason they're three-point favorites against Seattle this week is uh, name brand. But Todd Bowles, Byron Leffers, Tom Brady, this ain't working out this year. The offense is dreadful. They can't run the ball. Uh, they, they're not. They can't really, you know, protect Brady, give him enough time to throw. Or maybe they do. I don't know. I don't think Brady's playing that bad. But, you know, bottom line, the offense just can't score. They're, they're bad. It, it's a bad football team. Straight up, top to bottom. Um, the Falcons, they're feisty. I like Arthur Smith. I like what he's doing. They're somehow in every game they play. Um, they are, let me check uh, these numbers real quick. I mean, they're, they're near the bottom in yards per play differential. So the advanced metrics don't look good, but shoot, they're four and five, one game below 500. It's, um, it takes a lot to win this league. And, when you do it with uh, subpar talent, you know you gotta you gotta pay attention. So, ironically, Atlanta is probably the biggest competition for the Saints to win this division. Now, you know Tom, Tom Brady, the Bucks—they have so much talent. You know they could turn it around the second half of the year, but it hasn't looked good so far. The Saints have played better football than them thus far. Now, if you don't want to trust Dan Allen, the coach, I totally understand. He's not my cup of tea either. Really bad with the Raiders, like atrocious. We talk about a lot of, you know, joke head coaches in the league today. Uh, I, I, I'm i pretty sure, I, if I remember right, Allen was one of them when he was the head coach of the Raiders. So that's probably why they're losing these games, honestly. I mean, the underlying metrics look good. Dolan's play doesn't seem to be an issue. I know he had the two pick sixes, which provide the meme of the year against Arizona, but... Like I said, he's he's not really turning the ball over interception-wise. I didn't check his formal numbers, but yeah, he's not playing that bad. Defense isn't playing that bad. Offense is moving the ball. They have playmakers. They have a great home field. It's just uh, they can't win. They can't they can't win games. They're three and five, right? You know, three and six. But that said, the division is so bad they could still you know bounce back to win it. So five to one, uh, I like that bet. I think those are fine odds. And uh, I saw 66 to 1 to win the NFC. Now, do I think they can? Um, I think they could give the Niners and Eagles and even Cowboys, you know, I think they can be competitive against them. So you give me a team with a home playoff game, you know, you're sitting there with a 66 to 1 ticket and they're hosting a playoff game round one. I mean, you can't really ask for much more, I guess, other than them than getting a bye. But with Minnesota and Philly in the conference, that's not happening. So. Uh, yeah, the Saints are kind of my buy low team. Um, like I said, they, they look good in yards per play. Uh, Dolan's not playing that bad. They have talent. It's just a head coach holding them back. But <clears throat> if you want to just bank on, you know, natural regression and the way they've looked outside of the results, I think they're they're a good buy low candidate here. Uh, all right, let's see. What else we got? So... I guess I should touch on the Vikings, you know, my buddy Ian's team. Um, let's see. They have a below average offense in terms of yards per play, below average defense. That equates to being two points worse than the average team on neutral field. Positive point differential, though, plus 32. But when you're 7-1, you are going to be outscoring teams. So that makes sense. Um, I think the Hawkinson trade is going to help them. You know, take some heat off of Jefferson and Thielen and Cook. I mean, they that was a good trio before that, but... I think Thielen's kind of getting a little old and worn. Um, same with Cook. 
they should probably mix in Madison more just to keep Cook fresh and give Madison more carries. He might provide a little more explosiveness at this point in their careers, but Jefferson, you know, he needs no... I'm not worried about Jefferson, but uh, I like what Hawk's going to bring to this offense. He's going to be that that dude that, you know, can... I mean, he's going to be... He's He can, uh, he can line up, open up the middle of the field, kind of like Thielen did, but... I see him as a little more explosive than Thielen. He, he can take those uh, those inside routes and turn them into big gains, whereas Thielen, you know, he he really does most of his work, I guess, you know, underneath. He's not really a threat for an explosive play. I suppose he's a good red zone target, but, uh, yeah, Hogginson, I think he can be all that plus more from the tight end spot. So I really like the move that they made to get him. I think it's going to help the offense a lot, and um, it's going to help Kirk Cousins a lot. Uh, my man Kirk Cousins <laughs> uh, dancing with his shirt off or whatever he was doing on the plane. I wasn't. I didn't really pay attention to that. I didn't watch the video, so I don't know what that's all about. But apparently, Adam Schefter it um, inspired him to show off his titties on Monday Night Football. I could have gone without seeing that, but hey, it is what it is. But yeah, uh, the Vikings are almost a shoe in to win that division. They're almost a shoe in to get a home playoff game. The Packers are just—they're—they're they're absolutely dreadful. <clears throat> how do you score nine points against the Lions in the Dome? Like, how bad does your offense have to be to score nine points against Detroit? Like, I listened to a lot of fantasy podcasts, and all I heard all week was, Detroit's defense is terrible. 32 DVOA, 32 DVOA, 32 DVOA. They're bad, they're bad. This is, there's everyone's get-right spot. And you score nine points against them, Aaron. Nine did you not take enough ayahuasca? You know, were you were you just worried about what you're gonna say on Pat McAfee's show on Monday? Like, like seriously, dude. Like, you don't think your teammates fucking hear the shit you're saying? Like, oh, you know, I was really hoping we there would be some news for us regarding the trade deadline. Like, like shut the fuck up, dude. Like, be a fucking teammate. Be a fucking leader. Like, seriously, I don't care what what year of your of of your career you're in. I don't care how accomplished you are. You're getting paid fifty million dollars to lead this football team and elevate guys around you, and you have simply not done it. You know, I mean, you can still play, man. You can still play. You can still sling it. I would love to have you as a quarterback, but as a player, you know, on the field, off the field, you're, you're a piece of shit. <laughs> like I don't, I don't know. Like Green Bay, they they put up with you, your personality, straight up. I I just. I don't know, man. You scored nine points in Detroit. You're supposed to elevate these guys. I guess at a certain point, they had to do their part too. And obviously, they're not doing their part. But, hell, you're in the you're part of the reason you're in this position is because you took so much damn money. Like, they couldn't afford to keep Devontae Adams. Or, you know what? I'm, I, they did throw the bank at Adams. He just wanted to play somewhere else. So, I can't really do much about that. But, like, you know, you're getting all this money for you. Hey, Aaron, take a pay cut. Take a page from Brady's book. How do you think the Patriots went on a 20-year run? Brady wasn't making, you know, he was, he was never the highest-paid quarterback in the league. He should have been. He earned it way more than you did, but he never was. That's why they were so competitive. They could just get they could get whatever they needed, you know, even though they didn't really. They just really made their living off of, um, off of random draft picks, a signing here or there, getting rid of guys before they got older, but... That, that, that's besides the point. Uh, it was absolutely pathetic what the Packers did in Detroit. What they're doing this year, you know, all around. 
despite all that, they have a positive yards per play differential. I mean, they're an average team. They've been performing like an average team, but you know, we expected much more from them, and uh, it's just not come. It's just not happening. Not coming to fruition. So, Vikings are going to win that conference. Not, not Vikings are going to win that division. They got a good chance to win the conference, honestly. You know, they're going to get a home playoff game. If the Eagles slip up a couple times, the Vikings keep winning, they could get the bye. You know, that's not out of their own possibilities. So, they as long as they keep winning, you know, they get a they get a break this week. They either get no Josh Allen or hobble Josh Allen. They could be 8-1. and one. Uh, Philly plays Washington. A divisional game, you never know what could happen in those things. Uh, Washington also got some positive news that Snyder could be selling the team. Um, apparently, that's really, really big in the Washington area. A lot of fans, like, it, it was apparently a joyous vibe when that news broke uh, the past, last week. Because apparently, Snyder's an absolute prick, which I believe it. You know, the stuff that surfaced about him after the investigation last year. Um, I heard a story on the Pat Mayo experience, their Sunday night recap show. This dude's a Washington fan, and he used to wait tables at this fancy restaurant that Dan Snyder and Bruce Allen would go to. And Snyder would ask for the like most luxurious, most expensive, fanciest wine glass that they had. He Apparently, he did this every time. He would ask for the fancy wine glass and use it as a dip cup. He would spit his dip in there. Like, what kind of prick do you have to be how pompous and arrogant and just self-absorbed and fucking, what's the word? I don't know. High-tier thinking-ass motherfucker. What what kind of person are you to just ask for the most expensive wine glass and use it as a fucking dip cup? Like, oh man, I, I'm glad that dude's getting, I'm glad that dude's gonna sell the team. I really hope he does. Like, fuck him. <laughs> You know, ho- hopefully that franchise turns around. It was a once proud franchise. Um, the stuff with the name happened a few years ago. Basically, they, the only reason they changed it is because they were going to lose money from advertisers. Let's just be real about that. No one cares if people got offended from the name or not, which it's debatable if the if Native Americans even did get offended from it. But that's another topic for another day. But anyways... Had stuff happen with the name. Uh, they've been bad pretty much my whole life. They had one playoff, one playoff team that I can remember. It was the RG3 squad. I don't know if they made the playoffs. Other than that, as far as back as I can remember, and I've been watching football. I remember watching football since like '98. So, oh, you know what? I think Kirk Cousins had a playoff appearance too. Maybe I don't know. I can't remember. My memory sucks. But the team's been bad for the past like 20 years. Let's just you know that that's the facts. So hopefully he sells a team and reinvigorates the franchise, uh, gets people you know back in the seats, and um, yeah, hopefully that that franchise becomes relevant again because it's it's fun when they are. You know these we get a lot of NFC East games because they're old franchises, they have big fan bases, and they used to be really good. So these rivalries that formed 30 years ago, you know it's pretty cool to see. It'd be pretty cool to see them reignited again, but. Time will tell if that happens. Uh, hopefully, I'm just glad Snyder is hopefully selling the team. I don't even know why I start. Oh, yeah. Uh, Philly plays Washington. They could lose and open the door for Minnesota to get the one seed. Uh, let's see. What else do we got? Um, you know what? Let's go ahead and get into uh, 
Oh, uh, a few weeks ago, Mike and I talked about Offensive Player of the Year. I want to kind of revisit that real quick. Just looking at the odds on DraftKings. Um, Kelsey dipped to 40 to 1. He was 50 to 1 we talked about. So, slowly climbing the ladder for Mike. Uh, my pick, Tyreek Hill, who I think he was like 15 or 18 to 1 or something at the time. Uh, he's the favorite now at 3 to 1. So, I feel pretty good about that. Not going to win any money off of it because I can't bet. But, hey, it's always good to have a good call. You know, <laughs> makes you feel better inside. So, that's the update on that. I will say, though, like... Kelsey had like 18 targets on Sunday night. Chiefs couldn't run the ball. Uh, he's definitely worthy of some votes. You know, he's been a... It could be like a like a lifetime achievement award, sort of. He's been so great for so long. Easy first ballot Hall of Famer. And uh, if he keeps putting up, you know, these strong, consistent games with a few monster ones in there, who knows? Maybe the voters just say, screw it, vote him in. You know, he's, he's had a great career. Could be more of a... Like, sort of like people say Kobe's MVP was a lifetime achievement award. Maybe this could be it for Kelsey, give him offensive player of the year, but, or maybe not, who knows. Maybe uh, uh, Tyreek Hill finishes with 150 catches and they have no choice but to give him offensive player of the year. Uh, what a match made in heaven, by the way. Tyreek Hill, Jalen Waddle, and Mike McDaniel. <laughs> Pro- props to that guy. Uh, San Francisco has definitely misses creativity at times. I'll say that. Um, all right, last topic of the day. We're going to talk about one of my favorite things to do, and that is uh, DFS DraftKings showdown slates. So, showdown slates, if you don't play uh, DFS, if you don't play DraftKings, uh, showdown slates are basically just one game contests where, I mean, it is what I just said. It's, uh, it's a contest for one specific game. Uh, every primetime slate, there is a showdown contest. This week, tomorrow, or tonight, if you're listening to this uh, tomorrow morning, we have the Falcons and Panthers. So, I'm just going to give a couple quick, you know, quick little strategies that you can implement in Showdown where you don't even have to know, like, you know, who the players are or anything. As long as you get a general strategy and get the roster build correct, you can have a shot at winning first place in these contests. So, what I like to do is go to any any betting website that has uh, odds and totals and look at the spread for the game. The spread is, you know, how many points Team A is favored by over Team B. Look at the spread. Look at the money line odds. The money line odds are the implied probability that sports books, sports books give the team to win. So if you see minus 140, um, you can just Google Odds Shark Odds Calculator. Plug minus 140 into the American Odds section. You can get the implied probability of what Vegas thinks, how often that team wins the game. And then uh, you see minus two and a half. That means they're favored to win the game by two and a half. So right now the Falcons are minus two and a half over the Panthers. Minus 140 on the money line. And then the game total for the game is 42. So what this is saying is the Falcons win a close game, a close low scoring game. Now, how can we leverage that to potentially win some big money in these huge showdown contests? By the way, I'm talking specifically about DraftKings, uh, FanDuel and Yahoo have their own formats, but it's really hard to make unique lineups in those because there's one less roster spot and I don't think Yahoo has a multiplier for the captain spot. 
the captain spot basically every player has a salary that you're giving fifty thousand dollars to build the team for the captain spot you pay one and a half x their salary so if a player is ten thousand dollars you play fifteen thousand dollars to roster them as your captain but you get 1.5x their points so reception is worth one point well it's worth 1.5 for that player uh, i think you can get how it goes from there so uh yahoo and fandu don't do that DraftKings is easier well, i mean it's not easy but it's a better game with the six roster spots you can you have a better chance of making unique lineups and taking uh taking first place with with zero or minimal people uh, tied because duplication is something you have to worry about there's only so many players you can pick a lot of the times first place is split i've seen as much as like 300 ways so you want to try to avoid those lineups um and that's what we're trying to do here by talking this general strategy so let me stop rambling and get right to it falcons are minus two and a half point favorites uh 42 total so they win a close low scoring game according to vegas how can we leverage that well if most people are going to build their lineups to be close and low scoring let's go ahead and shift that and build our lineup like one team wins big by like 10 or two touchdowns you know so let's pretend the underdog actually ends up winning by 10 points well how do they win by 10 points what happens what does that game look like that's how you want to build your lineup so you can put like the panthers starting running back in the captain slot uh put their quarterback in the flex because you know they scored more points than the opponent the quarterbacks and have something to do with that maybe you put their kicker in there they settle for a couple field goals and then like a low priced third receiver option he might catch a touchdown or get a couple catches for you know 50 yards or something bam that's four panthers fill out the last two spots with the falcons uh if you assume the falcons are going to lose uh logic says they have to throw the ball more so maybe do uh some pass catchers like a receiver and the pass catching running back you know something like that or the quarterback and it's probably going to be a low price receiving option but that's pretty much all you have to do you do have to know like who's playing like who plays what position you know but other than that like you just got to be find out a way to be different to try to get first in this contest so this is saying like a close low scoring game falcons win uh build your lineups for the panthers to win by 10 or vice versa build your lineups for the falcons to win by 10 because they're only projected to win by three they could blow them out win by 14 or 21 you know in that case you want to like five falcons and one panther or if you think the panthers could win by 21 build five panthers and one falcon you know it's um it's not that hard honestly like it is hard to win dfs is hard but the general way to get different and build unique lineups not that really not really that difficult if you know the you know basics of what the odds are telling you the vegas odds are telling you about the game and um you could build like like let's say you think the panthers win by 21 points so you build a 4-2 lineup with four panthers and two falcons well i've had times where i build those lineups thinking the team that i have four players on is going to win actually they end up losing but i capture all the offense with the other two players that all of a sudden i'm, I'm still live you know to finish high because i got all the offense from my two side of the squad and now the four side of the squad they have to you know throw and whatever so i get potentially all the production from that from them so 
I mean, you, you still have ways, you still have outs to win, even if you get the general game script wrong, just as long as you have the right, you know, roster construction. So that that's my thoughts on that. I don't really have picks for, you know, the players or whatever. Um, I use projections and they haven't really updated yet. So I'll see what they say and then uh, go with my strategy from there. But um, I mean, you, you can if you know if you know anything about these two teams you can pretty much plug in you know who you think is going to do well like oh i think the panthers are going to win so the falcons are going to have to throw let me put drake london in the captain spot uh mariota in the flex because he's going to be throwing to him uh give me like the panthers running back because if they have a lead they're going to be running more uh panthers kicker and then you know whatever last two slots you want to fill maybe maybe like the a falcons pass catcher and a uh, Panthers defense or something. I don't know, but um, yeah, that's uh, that's how you get different. Just go, just don't do what Vegas says, <laughs> and keep in mind you're gonna lose a lot playing this way, trying to be different. But you're gonna maximize the chances where you're right and uh, potentially win a lot of money. So that's gonna do it for me. Uh, sorry for the coughing fit. Sorry for the you know deep breaths and whatever. I. Uh, my throat's a little dry. I apologize for that. But hope you enjoyed the content. Uh, hope you um, hope you got, gathered some useful info for a showdown contest on DraftKings. Uh, if you want to play, I mean, hey, be my guest. Maybe you'll win the, I think they gave out a million dollars on Thursdays in their main contest. So try your luck. You never know. Anyways, I'm James. Thanks for listening. I will see you later. Peace.